Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. I... So I want to, I just want to start off by saying like, the reason I wanted to talk about being an outsider or feeling like an outsider, the other day I was on social media, um, which I'm really trying not to do as much anymore. I've been consuming so much less. I'm on it no more than like 10 to 15 minutes, probably a week if that, but I saw, um, an author that I know, a very successful author in Nashville, and she was she was just promoting one of her friend's books, which is so awesome. And I felt not triggered by jealousy or anything, but she is part of this. She's part of this group. Um, my local bookstore Parnassus supports her like to the nth degree. They they have their favorites for sure. And I just found myself feeling like however many books in, you know, yes, I'm an author, but I literally always feel like an outsider um, as an author. Like, I feel like I haven't made it yet. Like, I, I'm i still kind of like out here on the outskirts, like the last to be picked type thing, which is so weird unless you're like inside of it. But then I, I don't know, I started like going down that rabbit hole of like, oh, wait, I've really felt like an outsider. Like despite all the books, like despite all the books, the I mean, because there is a career there, you still feel like what it, yeah, what like is I'm not it? one of the cool kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I'm just not, yeah, I'm not a cool kid. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm, you know, just kind of in the middle and whatever, but I'm, I'm not a darling. I'm not like one of the, you know, person who's up for all the awards and who like walks into a room at one of these conferences and everybody's like, oh my God, it's so and so. And I'm not sure I even really want that. I just still feel, I'm sure actors feel the same way or musicians or whatever, but like, even when you've made it, you never really feel like you've made it, if that makes sense. And I'm wondering if the people who are chosen, the people at the top, like if they feel that way too, or they're, they think they're awesome. (laughs) Well, it's so interesting because it, this does bring up like a lot of like questions for me because I mean, I've, uh, I've always, I think I've felt and you you brought it up early, and I think it's it's something that we'll probably talk about in a minute. But like feeling like an outsider on the planet, I I often feel like oh. I, I often feel like compounded <laughs> outsiderdom because like just like feeling like an outsider in life. Um, and obviously as a white man, that's like a ridiculous fucking thing to say. But I uh I I was talking the other day with a friend about the idea that, and maybe it's perpetuated by social media culture and like the fact that we for the most part like live our lives online but this idea that like somehow everyone around me has life figured out and I don't oh um, oh yeah and obviously like so much of life is curated now but I would it it this conversation begs a lot of questions because I was wondering like what first of all and you answered it like first of all what was it what did you think that the cool kids quote unquote the cool kids in literary circles have that you don't and support uh, sure sure and so <laughs> like in-house support well, so i think that's interesting so can we t- yeah. can we like talk about that idea that like it, this is a direct this is like a, an actual like 
foundational issue that makes you feel this directly is like a lack of support from your from your publisher. Yeah, and we're we're going to do an episode on gaslighting in the publishing industry which I'm so freaking excited about um because it is such an important conversation to have but yeah, I mean we've touched on it a million times before but there is a level of support that you receive if you are to be lifted to this like ultimate literary status. The rest of us you know, we we can have some successes, we can float along, but literally every author that I talk to feels the same growing pains, the same frustrations, because you, it's very rare to make it to that level where everything's taken care of for you. You don't have to worry about like social media or posting or readers or anything. It's like you show up in that audience is there because they really cultivate that. And it got me thinking because like it doesn't it's not something that I sit here and like think about or I don't dwell on it or just wish like, oh, man, I wish I could be like that. In fact, I've I've become quite the opposite now. And we just went camping this past weekend with 21 people from my daughter's um, school uh, her her like quote unquote school. It's not really a school. It's super awesome. And I noticed when we were there, <laughs> I mean, the kids. So the kids were running free. They built from scratch like three fires on their own. One was a roaring bonfire that I was like, oh, shit, they're going to burn some trees down. This is a little crazy. But they they just were so in their element. They were so present. They weren't behind screens. They weren't distracted. They were helpful. And they were very tribe-like, very village-like immediately. Like it was, it was immediate, like feet on the ground in nature. Boom. Let's help each other. Let's play. Let's run. The adults were much the same, like coming together and making food and hanging out. And, and my like need for approval, need for doing things, need for accomplishment, validation, an end point, an end goal just vanished. And I was like, oh, this at my very basic level, like my most primal (laughs) part of myself, because we were also really in bear country. So immediately we're just like on defense as, as all humans should be when a predator is out there. Um, like there's a purpose for that fight or flight, right? Like when you're in nature, that there is a very like, I am a human being, I have to protect myself. Whereas in our day-to-day, oh my God, like we keep ourselves in these little bubbles and we notice what everyone else is doing instead of just being content and being present. And it was the first time in a long time I didn't feel like an outsider. I was like sitting in my tent, it was late. I heard all the sounds around me and I was like, oh, this is where I belong. Well, because you can't feel this like is... an outsider from humanity uh, Completely. unless you're, you do what we've all done and like ma- we made, made yeah. life not about humanity. And I think it's an interesting point that you brought up predators because I have a saying in my mind when it comes to like things that trigger my anxiety or panic, which is, is it a tiger? And that goes for deadlines, that goes for work assignments, that goes for money stuff. When all of that stuff crops up, the first thing I have to ask myself is, wow. is, it, is it a tiger? Because if it's not a tiger, then it's not life-threatening. And oh, the, the yeah. fundamental issue with modern civilization is that in our, our brains are still doing that thing. 
our brains yeah, know the difference. our brains don't know the difference between heavy uh, rush hour traffic and a fucking bear. Yep. And that's a problem 100%. because when your body goes in to fight or flight, that's some yes. serious shit that is going yeah, on in your I've, body. <laughs> I live in fight or flight, live in fight or flight from the moment, you and I have talked about this, the moment my eyes open in the morning, I could have breathed before bed, journaled, meditated, whatever. The moment I wake up, it is like a predator is lurking right over me. And like that's I not good, man. That's not no, healthy. No, it's not good. Because it's not good at all. It's, your body's really going through some serious shit to, because it's, and what and the the what's happening in your brain when you wake up and you're flushed with that or my brain when I wake up and I'm flushed with anxiety is that our our advanced human brain is going this is not a thing that we should have to be scared of but our right. body is going it's a tiger it's a tiger it's a tiger so oh, yeah. our nervous system is just in fucking chaos <laughs> yeah well it is and i mean i i think you know you and i are both going on this kind of parallel journey of growth and change and discomfort and realizing like you said something the other day that was so profound like why have we bought into all of these social contracts and constructs like who says who says that this is what it means to be a human being. And I agree. I've always agreed. I've always wanted to do things differently. And you were often looked at as an outsider, sometimes an innovator or a leader. But like with all everything that's happened with COVID, I haven't really talked a lot about it, but I have very different views on health through all of this, on proactive health versus reactive health, on trusting the government, on pharmaceuticals, on money, and just how how our healthcare or sick care system exists in this country. Or sick and care how, system. Sick care. Oh, it's totally sick care. It's not healthcare. I mean, is, is any pharmaceutical drug ever fixed anything? I mean, the fundamental issues are still there because it often goes back to money. And you know, I'm not changing a lifetime of research and beliefs and talking to all my doctor friends and virologists and immunologists because the government tells me I need to do a certain thing. Like, I feel like a lot of us have shut down our human instincts and intuition more than anything, honestly. We have forgotten what it's like to question what actually is intrinsic to us as humans. And instead, we're just buying into fear or pressure or uncertainty or just wanting to live kind of a status quo life when what we're really dying of is isolation and mental health issues and just yeah, anxiety and not knowing what's going to happen next. And I swear to God, in those two days, I was with all of these families. Every single thing from physical physically, mentally, emotionally vanished. I could not believe how quickly I could reset by not being on my phone, not being behind a computer, not thinking about like money or fear. Like COVID didn't even come up once in two days with all of those people around. It was so incredible. And to watch my daughter too, who, you know, like at home with her habits and stuff, it's just, she's kind of doing the same things. And there it was just like, she was free and happy and playful and joyful. And nature to me has always been so medicinal and it's it's grounding. It's like our birthright to spend time in nature, to build a tribe, to like there, there are reasons why tribes lasted as long as they did. And I really feel like they 
they had it right. <laughs> like having that village mentality, it's like we have so many conveniences now. There's no reason to even walk out our door if we don't have to. Can I ask and you this scary. though? And this is not an argument against what uh, you were saying about resetting, but like how how quickly can the conditioning of set right back in? Oh, okay. So I'll, let, I'll tell you about that. Um, so we got home. We got home yesterday and... I literally was on my phone doing just random shit, like not even, I didn't check my email or do anything like that, but just ridiculously for probably most of the afternoon. I went on a walk, I wanted to unplug, and I ended up sending like a million audio messages and, oh, I'm gonna listen to this podcast and, oh, I need to check this thing. And it was, boom, immediate. I'm back in my habitat, so I am conditioned to... This is what I do when I walk downstairs. This is what I do when I walk upstairs. And we had a very serious conversation about it. We are actually going to sell our house and move because we are so conditioned. We have tried to to form new habits in our house and do all of these things. And it's not working for us. So like we're going to be a little extreme and get something different where we can set the boundaries and the rules. We might not even put a TV in our house. We might not do internet. Like we might be extreme about it because if we want to live a certain way, then we're going to have to be extreme, unfortunately, with the rules that we set in place well, from the beginning. Because the matrix not not only is strong, the matrix of conditioning is strong, but also like the the brain that has been conditioned is strong. So you so almost strong. have to shock. I mean, I think about COVID. I think about the pandemic and I think about quarantine. And again, this is not a conversation about um, COVID or or what what it was or what it is or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, humanity <clears throat> collectively, like we got that was like. I mean, not that there aren't, see, like in, in this supposed quote unquote, like first world country, we don't have a lot of reckonings, like things like 9-11, which was like a societal reckoning. I think the social justice is a societal reckoning and the pandemic from a, from a healthcare and, and, and health and safety perspective was, was a, was a reckoning. And I know we talked about, about it a lot and in the pandemic, holy shit, like, I felt like I learned so many lessons and I was reprioritizing and it showed me what mattered in this world. And that's not to diminish anything like work projects or creative endeavors or deadlines or, you know, all of, all of that shit. It's not to diminish But none it, of that shit matters, but, but none of that shit really matters at the end of the day. None of that shit really matters because survival became yeah. a question, became an actual fucking question right in our face in our day-to-day -day life survival and amazingly even though my fucking conscious upright walking upright walking brain was like you know this you learned this don't forget this six weeks after things turned a corner this last summer and i'm right back I'm right back yep. to where I was pre-pandemic. I'm right back in like, holy yep. shit, what do I have to do? I got to do this. I got to read this. I got to like check in on this. I got to check my email, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like instantly I I put, I re-scramble the reprioritization back to its original like base function. Well, a hundred percent. And I mean, I think for a lot of people, the 
pandemic was a radical awakening and it kind of went one of two ways. Like you either wake up to your life and stay conscious and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not doing this, 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 this anymore. I'm not hanging out with these people. I am not buying into this bullshit of how life is quote unquote supposed to be as a, as an adult. And it's awesome and hard and challenging and beautiful and terrorizing all at once. Or you become really afraid and cling to money and safety and which is there's not like a a wrong or right way and this isn't a judgment on how anyone has faced this like incredibly challenging time but what I just can't get past or can't reckon with is like okay so you're awake to your life or you realize what really matters which to me is like love and relationships and health and joy and play and fun, which has been sucked out of so many adults. But how do you then go on existing within a construct that maybe doesn't feel like it fits anymore without reverting back to all of those like pre-pandemic habits? And that's that's what I struggle with because that's where the outsiderness comes in because I'm like, I want to build a compound. I want to have my people on it. I want to have like a tribe mentality. And I would be seen probably as a weirdo. And like, I care. I don't care. I don't care what anyone thinks. But like, I'm done wasting time. I've wasted so much of my life waiting for life to begin or wanting things to be different or living a domestic life that I didn't really want or working my ass off, which at the end of the day, I'm like, what What do we have to show for all of that work, all of those missed hours with our children and loved ones, all of the time spent looking at your phone. If you added up all the screen time in your life from computer, phone, and TV, I mean, that's years and years and years of our life. And I think we have this very strong need to to numb ourselves out and to just kind of decompress in a way where we almost shut off the emotions and the feelings because that shit is hard. It's hard to feel your feelings. And when so much was taking a, taken away in 2020 and you were faced with yourself, I think people either did the deep inner work or they drank and binged and like completely checked out. And or both. I don't or both. <laughs> and yeah, like I went very like wave like with with both of those. But I don't want to go back to the way things were. And it's a lot harder. And it's it would be so much easier. I mean, I miss the days of just getting excited about like book stuff or growing our business and being like, yeah, we had a huge month like this is awesome. But not that those things don't matter anymore, but they're not what like brings my heart peace. It's it's the simplest, most human things. Like I am on a quest to become human again. And I actually was thinking like, I want to write a book called Uncommitted. And I want to talk about how I literally want to uncommit from every little thing that I have been told I need to commit to as a human being to just kind of like unravel it bit by bit and see where I end up. Well, and the, the, I I think like it's important to note, like for, for, for anyone out there, for like any of us who are feeling the similar ways, like this doesn't mean that you have to like sell all your possessions and like kick off your shoes and like live in a forest. Although that would be rad. Sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> but I think I think there's something, and we 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 sort of talked about it on the phone the other day, um, and sort of to 
to tie it back on uh, back around to like some of the work we do uh, so much of our society so much of these social contracts like like money like status like success i think success is oh god i don't even know what that success is success is a construct like all of that stuff has done us i think no it's done us no real favors it's done us no real soul favors not for our soul and i i I think about because and I, you know this is something that I talked about a little bit about on the, on the last episode of the podcast, which is like having a really hard time like refinding the joy of 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 work of writing like whatever whatever that is or however that that looks for any of you like refinding that joy and doing it for the sake of it not for. The, what I'm going to get back from it. I mean, I, I think like the worst, one of the worst terms that's ever been coined is like return on investment. Um, Cause it yes. just suggests a subtraction from the greater um, because of something that you think you deserve because you put, you put in. And, and I think about all, all of the whys, all of the reasons why we sit down and we write, or we we sit down and we we make a painting, and or we sit down and we like sculpt a, a figurine or dance a fucking ballet or whatever it is. I, I it it now it breaks my heart to think, and you know, as a business, we've we've perpetuated this because it's what businesses do. Right. It, it breaks my heart to think that we're not more encouraging everyone to just do it for the sake of it because before yeah. there were advances and before there were royalty checks and before there was, you know, I'm sorry to say, but like Oprah's fucking book club before yeah. any of that, the, the first writers had to, were doing it because they had some shit they had to say. They had yes. some shit that was so important and weighing so heavily on their brains and their hearts that they had to like, pound that shit into clay tablets and pass it around to people because that's how much it mattered to them. Not because they thought like, Oh, I'm going to reap some mad dividends from, you know, the Hammurabi's code or whatever the fuck. And that's, that's, that is doing something for the sake of it. Doing and being for the sake of it is at the root of exactly what you're talking about. And I, I think we don't even know what how to do that anymore because we don't focus on joy and fun and passion not really if it doesn't have a dollar sign at the end of it or some sort of follower gain or some sort of ted talk or recognition and that's not universal for everyone but for a lot of people and especially in this business um i mean i have so much to say about being an author today and yeah like how it it should be about the project and the process and not the end result and not the end game. And you shouldn't be dropped from your publisher or, oh, sorry, you have disappointing sales, so we're not going to offer you another book deal. Like, what does that do to a writer's spirit, to an artist's spirit? Like, my daughter is the Stephen King of drawing. This little girl draws like 200 pages every single night. I mean, it is unbelievable. And 
we've even talked about like, hey, Soph, you should enter your your drawing into a contest or you should do this. Like, because again, right, that's our brain. Like, ooh, what could she get out of this? And she's like, no, thanks. I, I just love to draw uh, because I love drawing. Man, thank God. <laughs> I thought that story was going to go in a different direction. Oh, no, no. Which is she's like, not interested. We've already in... fucking poisoned our children with the fear of judgment yep. and rating and being a champion and being a winner and being successful. We've already no. tainted them. Ah, man, I'm really glad. You know what you, like, well, you know what she says when you, when you ask her, like, what do I, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she says, I already am. Yeah. I'm a human being. Like she's doing the thing that she's supposed to be doing. And I'm like, we need to get, who cares if it makes you an outsider? Like we need to get back to more of that. And it does start when we're young. Like again, Sophie, my child, she could care less about sports. She's not interested in doing anything the way that I did it growing up or anything the way that Alex did it growing up. And, you know, instead of often nurturing them being bored and their time and letting them just like expand and figure out what they love, we just force these like you know, got to do this sport and got to do this extracurricular and you got to, you know, get good grades, which I mean, I'm sorry, for what? For like what? it doesn't, for who are we trying Arbitrary to systems of categorization and classification. That's all it is. And, it, and that's what we it, love it to it do. Is. We love to do that anyway. And this is a, it's a whole different topic about how we just love to label shit. And we love to call things like this is that and that's that and they're different and here's why. And it's fucking ridiculous ridiculous and i know that again i do not mean to mean to like uh, undercut writing consulting businesses which is what we are but like people need <laughs> like people don't like we need to stop who cares stop thinking about how to do something and just like fucking sit down and open your mind and your heart and do it if, yeah. if that's what you want, if that's your passion, if that's your, if you're driven to do it. Well, and, and I mean, I've been faced with that question a lot over the past like year, year and a half. I'm like, do I want to do this for profit anymore? Do I want to do this for profit anymore? Right. And, you know, that's a really important question. I obviously haven't been motivated. I still haven't finished like a book that I'm working on because I haven't been paid for it. And I'm like, oh, wow, I am motivated by the advance. I am motivated by someone wanting to publish this. And it's something I constantly grapple with um, just in in life. Like, what are we doing? I mean, you were talking about that too, right? Like always having goals for yourself and what is the future version of yourself look like? Oh, yeah. And let's life, let's life vision and let's do all these things. And it's like, but what about if you just want to be? Like well, you can't be present if you're constantly seeking gratification instant gratification or long-term goals like it's it's counterintuitive yeah yeah i had that i like that weird thought or that spontaneous thought at like 11 o'clock last night where i was like all like even the good self-improvement stuff and i do think there's a i mean there's a lot of good in everything even some of the bad stuff but and i think there's a lot of good self-improvement out there but there's so much self-improvement out there that's like visualize your future self visualize the you that you want to be visualize the life that you want to have and then go to it and i was like can't i don't want to i don't want to i'm tired i'm so tired of sitting around like visualizing what i want what i'm gonna be instead of sitting down and really anchoring into who i am 
Completely. And I mean, I was just saying like, oh, we're moving so we can start new habits and all of that. And I'm like, we've we've tried so hard to like, no, we have to change the habits now. We have to do this in right. the present moment. It's a choice. I, like, is real is moving really going to change the fact that my daughter is completely messy, or the fact that Alex like does a lot of the house chores, or the fact that I do whatever X, Y, and Z. And we are always thinking things will be better on the other side. Like, oh, if only I can get to that place again. Like, if I get the book deal, if I get the agent, like everything's going to be great. And it can be great now, but it can be great without wanting anything. It can be great just you being you and getting in touch with like, how do I really feel? Like, what do I really want? And, you know, you and I have really tried to focus on gratitude this past year. And I know that's so cliche and everybody talks about that, but it is the easiest way to make yourself feel better because often when we feel sad, when we feel depressed, there's good there. There's like, you know, uh, and my my daughter's guide was just talking about this. My daughter's going to miss her best friend. She's moving to a different studio. And she was like, okay, you feel sad about that. But how grateful are you that you love someone so much that you're going to miss them, that you have a friend, that you have developed this amazing friendship? There is always like the ability to think about things differently, to react differently, to interact differently. And I'm becoming more and more aware of like, as I observe just any kind of situation that I used to be in from going out to dinner to a party to whatever. And I do feel like an outsider because I'm awake to all of these constructs and all of the things that we're chasing. And I just, it doesn't interest me anymore. And it's a really strange place to be, but I think if you're in this in a similar place and you also feel like an outsider, whether it's your career or in life, like you are not alone. There are people who are doing the same work that you are, and it can sometimes feel challenging to find those people. But I think when you clear space in your life, you really do have the opportunity to invite the right people. They will show up. I a mantra I always say is like things are always working out for me. And that it, it doesn't often feel like always feel like that. But I I really do think like we are all on our our journeys. And if we are awake and attuned and present to where we are and how we're really feeling then amazing things can happen instead of just sleepwalking through the typical routine. I mean, that feels like a great place to end the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> amazing. Uh, outsiders rule. Outsiders forever. <laughs> you guys. Outsiders forever. Thank you for listening. Uh, if this speaks to you in any way, or if any of the, um, you know, some of the future episodes where we're going to be talking about these kind of things that kind of affect our, our mental health and our state of being and, and creating environments and lifestyles where we're writing for love and passion and purpose instead of bottom line, uh, email us at podcast at rightwayco.com and let's talk about it. We, we try to respond to every email and we've gotten some great ones so far. So um, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and let us know if you're in kind of a, a similar frame of mind. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks again for listening to The Right Way Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 